Hello, everybody. Megazard X here. Back at it again to give you another very exciting podcast episode. That being my episode 20 of my Zardcast podcast. And gosh, I, honestly, I did not think I ever would get to the point where I have like 20 oddball episodes. This is me doing this as a bi-weekly podcast. But overall, I, I, I've been enjoying this progress, po- this whole entire podcast and all the up and downs and, you know, everything else is kind of associated with it and kind of getting the show up and rolling, though. But yeah, so uh, I got quite a bit of stuff to talk about with y'all tonight and a good amount of pop culture stuff. Like I literally was kind of going through my notes and stuff and saying what I did want to talk about, what I did not want to talk about. And I was kind of going through my list. I had to cut a few things out of the the things where I wanted to kind of talk about it, though. But uh, I, I think I got a good selection of stuff to talk about, though. But before I get the show um, officially started and off to the races, though, I did have a few little housekeeping things I wanted to talk about. Just a couple of updates in terms of my channel, as well as some things that you might want to kind of keep your eyes out Um you know, kind of keep a lookout for as we're kind of getting closer and closer to the holiday season, though. But the first thing I wanted to go ahead and announce that, yes, if you hadn't already saw my video for it on my channel, I am hosting a giveaway, the giveaway one copy of Ori and the Blind Force, the definitive edition for the Nintendo Switch. It is a North American code for it, and it is for the switch so yeah so if you're interested in entering that giveaway i will leave a link down in the description box down below on this one video and if you happen to be one of my google spotify or um apple podcast listeners in in the show notes down below um you should get a link that would um i'll, I'll leave a link down there where it'll jump to my ori in the blind forest giveaway video and just listen to that video there and it'll give you all the instructions on basically how to enter in into that um you know with the holidays kind of coming up i thought you know, it would be nice to kind of give back to y'all for the people that have been here supporting my channel or just any kind of new people that are just willing to kind of listen and hear me ramble on about uh, video game related stuff as well as Marvel stuff here and there. I did watch Eternals here recently, and I will talk about that, at least my overall impressions a little bit um, a little later on in the show, though. So, yeah, that is one little housekeeping thing I wanted to go ahead and talk about, though. But then the other thing I wanted to um, talk about and mention as well, there are some good Black Friday deals that are going down right now. And you know what? I actually saw like a little news alert thing that was going on on Ooh, I'm trying to remember. Um, Nintendo deals. If you ever followed them off of Twitter or whatever, though, they kind of gave a public service announcement, though. And I have been seeing this a little lately, a little bit more so, even in my local news, though. But, you know, with the chip shortage and stuff, because we know it's kind of hard to get your hands on, like, PlayStation 5s, Xbox Series Xs, or just things in general. Like, even if you're, like, a like a computer gamer or whatever, though, those graphic cards, just with all the chip shortages and stuff, it's harder to get anything that's sort of kind of related technology-wise, let alone even if you were to get toys and stuff for your younger cousins siblings or whatever though or children um even you know the shipping delays from where you would get the stuff primarily from china or those asian countries that haven't been shipped over here it is kind of advised to go out there and kind of do your shopping a little earlier maybe in the month of november or stuff allow that stuff to you know have the time to kind of get over here so that way you're not caught after you know the day of christmas though that's just a little heads up i've been seeing it in my news news a little bit more lately so you might want to kind of keep that in mind as we kind of get closer to this holiday season though and um and i thought i had one more little bit of um information oh yes and the last little bit of information i wanted to um share with y'all is i will be starting a brand new gaming series um in terms of like a let's play so to say um for my channel because i just recently finished up luigi's mansion on the game you know the first 
the first game in the series on the GameCube. I, I had a phenomenal time with that. Um, there's like four different parts of it on my channel. Um, you, you can check out on the home screen and you can kind of scroll down all the way to the bottom. You can see like the whole playlist right there and you can watch all of it though. Had a really good, fun, interesting time playing through those games and Gosh, I, I can understand why people like the Luigi's Mansion series so much. Like, I, I played Luigi's Mansion 3, loved it to death, went through and played the first one, and it kind of felt good going through, you know, the origin of how this series was back on the GameCube and how it got to where it's now on the Switch, though. But yes, I did finish that up. So the new one I'll be playing is none other than Spider-Man Remaster on the PlayStation 5. Not the normal baseline story, but it will actually be over the DLC content. So starting with the heist and moving on forward, because I think there's like three different main parts that you do for the DLC, because I already beat the main story myself, but I held off on playing any of the DLC because I thought that, you know, just playing through the DLC as like a stream series will actually be fairly interesting. So I'm going to go through and play all three parts. I think I heard from most people. I don't think... In terms of the DLC all put together, all three parts, shouldn't be no, you know, shouldn't be roughly more than like 10 hours or so. So so I, I think it's the perfect balance. And thank goodness now that I'm not playing a Metroid game before Metroid 5 releases and I'm not trying to play Luigi's Mansion in the month of October. I'm not pressed for time to kind of get this series done. So consistently, usually on Monday nights, unless something wacky happens with my schedule, you'll be able to see me play through um play through Spider-Man and all of its DLC starting, you know, every Monday night, basically starting tomorrow night, you'll get to see the first one um, of me going through and playing through the highest DLC, though. So, yeah, so that is a few things that, that you can look forward to my channel, though, and uh, make sure to hit the subscribe like button, even on this video, though, as that can also help you get entered into the giveaway, but make sure if you are interested in getting that Orient the Blind Force um, copy of the game, um, you, you gotta make sure you check out that video um, that I have on my channel though but yeah that's just a quick little housekeeping that i have for y'all um before we go ahead and jump up into the main news tonight and that will be starting off with that pop culture segment all right so first off whole freaking shoot i certainly was not expecting this as i, I was just scrolling through my twitter feed one day but apparently we're getting say uh, a Buzz Lightyear movie. I knew it was coming, but I honestly did not expect it to come like this. Like I, I think I remember hearing something about in some, you know, one of Disney's. Uh, I don't know if they call it like a fiscal update or whatever though. But basically, like future plans and you know movies or shorts and stuff that they have playing out for the future or whatnot. Though I knew they're gonna do something Buzz Lightyear related. I was just thinking like a Toy Story five but they're going to twist it around and put Buzz Lightyear, you know, as the lead and whatnot, though. But apparently I was wrong because, uh, uh, you know, Pixar just completely blew it out of the water because this is essentially going to be a film focused on Buzz, but not the toy Buzz, but an actual real-life person that basically the whole toy line Buzz Lightyear was actually based on this dude we see right here on the screen. I was like, what the actual heck? And, and I, the more and more I started looking at that trailer, I was like, dang, I was like, I remember the days when, you know, like Toy Story was like its first was Pixar's first main major movie that they made. And they came a long way since Toy Story 1 up until this one. I was almost scratching my head. I was like, wait, is this Pixar or is this like an actual Disney studio? The one that, you know, makes like the, the princess movies and, you know, all those other things like Frozen and stuff like the Pixar has gotten top tier with their movie making here recently. Like. Like, this stuff looks, oh my, 
like it's getting pretty close to realistic. It's kind of scary, honestly. That, um, just just thinking about it though. But honestly, I, I wasn't expecting this, and I, I'm really looking forward to watching this um this movie whenever it does come out. Uh, I mean, usually I don't usually go to the theater to kind of watch a Toy Story movie though. But this one, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it might just be me though. But I don't know. This one's just kind of speaking to me a little bit more. But Oh gosh! And also, one other thing I gotta mention is the memes that came from this um, this one trailer was freaking hilarious. And I, I there was one meme that was floating around on Twitter where it was like a comparison to way how Buzz looked because he looks pretty realistic, at least on this one shot that you can see here on this video though. And if you actually compared it to like some other you know video games like Smash and its series as it went. In progress, like from Smash 64 to Melee to Brawl to Four, and then uh, and then Ultimate, you can almost do the same thing with the Toy Story movies, like one, two, three, four, and then this. And people always people were comparing this one shot of Lightyear and, and comparing it to Smash Brothers Brawl. I was like, what the heck? Like, I was like, you know what? They ain't technically wrong because Brawl had that, that that real gritty look to it, and then if you compare it to Four and Ultimate, it looks you know, like the colors pop out a little better. It's a little brighter, not as dark, not as what looks like super realistic as like what Brawl basically did though. But it, it was just funny kind of seeing those um, memes out there on the internet though. But outside of that, man, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this movie. Y'all gotta let me know in the comment section down below if you're, you know, you're gonna be one of those people that are gonna eventually watch and see this movie where you see it in the theaters or you wait until you see it on Disney Plus or whatnot, though. Y'all just gotta let me know down in the comment section down below. But that's all I gotta say on Liger. So let's go ahead and move over to the next um pop culture segment news because I actually managed to actually go and see my hero academia world heroes mission for or I was about to say for the first time. No, it's not the first time. Well, technically, it is the first time, though. But I did manage to see this movie in the theaters. I actually went to go watch it with my cousin, though. Uh, special shout-out to the one person that was uh, randomly dressed as uh, Izuku Midoriya in the theater. I literally did not expect anybody at my local. Like, like my city ain't, like, it, it's big, but it's not, like, super big. It ain't, like, a Dallas or a Houston or a Chicago or New York or something like that. But I was just surprised to see somebody even cosplay and actually um, go and see the movie at the theater like that, though. So uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't surprised. I wasn't expecting that. But I was, you know, I was delighted to actually see it, though. So, yeah, the passion was fairly strong in my theater. And for the most part, at least for the audience that I was sitting with, they enjoyed the heck out of this movie. And so did I, because um, basically I went into this movie pretty cold. Like I saw like the first little trailer of it and after that i didn't see no more trailers beyond it because i was like i kind of want to be thoroughly um shocked and surprised and kind of see exactly um what was going on in here now you know normally with the my hero academia movies um they usually like to introduce like one brand new character um to this like you know like the for the first movie it was like that one girl the second movie it was like the younger kids um on that island and then on this one it was like some older dude that was basically looking after his his, um, younger siblings after their father had basically abandoned them and um, he was kind of doing some, some kind of shady business essentially and, you know you probably put two and two together on that though to basically you know make ends meet for his family though and essentially the one thing that got me about this movie was the fact that 
you know, Izuku, Bakugo, Todoroki, the suits that they have on, at least you see on the screen or on that promotional material for the World Heroes mission, they only use that suit at the very beginning of the movie. I was like, why the heck did you only do it just for the beginning of the movie? And then you, you trash that, and then they're basically in their classic suits from that point forward. I mean, these, these suit designs look absolutely sick. Like, what the heck, man? <sighs> but those thoughts aside, I just had to get that off my chest, though. Overall, I would say that this was a, a, a fantastic movie. I mean, I mean, you know, the comedy was there for the most part. And gosh, the CGI up in this movie was actually pretty sick and insane. Like, because usually we see CGI a little bit. Like, we've seen it in the anime, so to say, during, like, real quick, intense moments. Like, for example, I think recently in My Hero Academia Season 5, we saw it when it was, like, the Class 1A versus Class 1B. Like, I think there was one part where... Um, I want to say Ida. Ida during his uh, Recipio Turbo point, um, whenever he was fighting, I know we saw some good stuff right there. And I also want to say, um, golly, I'm trying to think of the dude's name though. But um, Shadow Boy, I, I I know his name, but right now it's just slipping at the moment though. But uh, y'all y'all know probably if, if you're a fan of the series, you know what exactly who I'm talking about. But I know there was one good scene right there where he was able to use Dark Shadow and uh, kind of zip around and stuff like that. So, you know, they use CGI um, for the most part fairly well. But this movie, almost every single big fight scene had a good amount of it. Like, they were fighting on bridges and stuff and then underground and stuff. Like, like the CGI, when, when they go all out on that CGI, it feels pretty good. Especially when you're sitting down on the seat in front of a big screen like that. I have to say, it, it, it is overall pretty impressive. And I'm just like, dang, I don't know. that, that The fight scenes were top-notch. I loved all of it. And in terms of the character growth and stuff, I mean, they did kind of put a little flip and spin on it. It kind of still felt a little traditional in terms of, uh, you know, bad guy, um, bad guy is sort of kind of framing us. So now it looks like everybody against the world is against us, but a small few of us. Because literally, the basic premise of this movie was, yeah, Bazuku, Bakugo, Todoroki, as well as the rest of the people, um, they were going through their, it, basically like an internship or like, you know, the, the study program underneath, working underneath uh, licensed heroes. So, you know, Zuku, Bakugo, and Todoroki were working underneath Endeavor's agency. And this basically fits right between, um, right in the middle of season five right after the, the first half of the season, like after the class 1A versus class 1B incident happened, the movie's literally placed like right in the middle of the season, season five. So you have to at least watch all the way up to that um, and then see how Izuka gets his new power. I won't say the name of it in case you probably not caught up with the anime or whatever though, but he does get a new power and stuff. And then once you see him get that, then obviously you can go ahead and watch this movie though. But yeah, that's basically where this movie is placed at in the middle of the timeline. And from there, they're, they're kind of going around. They're trying to stop this dude from basically causing like a doomsday where like all the, the different heroes are going to um, lose their powers and stuff. And it's it's always though that classic conflict where it's like, oh, we can't we can't rely on, you know, the superheroes with all their power and stuff. Eventually, they're going to make society crumble and stuff. So us with the non-quirks, we got to make sure we eliminate all the heroes and stuff. And then that way we can get back on the even playing field. We don't have to worry about nothing else in the future. Yada, yada, yada. Now, that's the basic plot premises. And I won't go much further into that. You have to go to the theater and watch it yourself, though. But overall, the story worked. Love the fight scenes. 
Bakugo had a very sick fight scene towards the very end. That and as well as Zuku's was pretty good. Todoroki's wasn't as good, I think, as the other two, but it was still good in its own right. Because for the most part, the movie primarily focused around Izuku and um, the new boy um, that he was traveling with for most of the movie. It was primarily focused around those two. Then I would say it's Bakugo and Todoroki right after them. So yeah, so that's basically where the plot kind of revolved around in comparison to the previous movie that happened where it was only it was basically focused on all of class 1a because all of them were working on that island in order to protect it from the other dude though but if i were to rank the first movie the second movie and the third movie first movie is down at the bottom but i'm still not exactly sure why i placed the second movie and the third movie the second movie was really good in terms of showing off how the students have you know are able to basically be pretty competent in themselves in terms of how they're able to um, handle a big threat without any other heroes around. But then at the same time, some of the stuff that they did in the third movie with some of the fight sequences and Izuku still had to pretty much stand on his own in a lot of ways throughout this movie. It, it, in that regard, it was still really good and top notch and top tier though. So I think for the most part, that's pretty much all my thoughts that I have on the My Hero Academia World Heroes Mission movie. But if you happen to see it in theaters, let me know in the comment section down below because, man, I know Funimation did mention and say that if you happen to be one of the first viewers to go and watch this movie, you had a chance to get in a special manga print um, while supplies last. I don't know if my location actually managed to get them or not, but uh, I guess... I guess my local Malco didn't actually manage to have any or whatever, though, because uh, my AMC wasn't showing it. So I had to actually go across the way, uh, across the street a little bit to go to Malco to see it, though. But they didn't have the books. So I, I was looking out for them. I, I managed to unluck out on that one, though. But if you did manage to get it, uh, just let me know, though. But that's basically all I have to say on the My Hero um, Academia World Heroes mission. I guess my little short synopsis review of it, though. Now... Let's go ahead and switch over to another movie that I did also see within the past couple of weeks, or actually this weekend, because uh, I did manage to actually go and watch Eternals. Now, before I go in to talk about this, this is not going to have any spoilers for what I'm going to do. It is basically all going to be kept within the plot realms of uh, what you basically were able to see in the um, the trailers themselves and my overall impressions because my official review for Eternals will be in its own dedicated mo video like I've done with um, Black, like what I did with Black Widow as well as what I did with Shane chi The Legend of the Ten Rings though. So that official review for basically everything, like I'll, you know, it'll be full spoilers galore, all my thoughts on the movie. That will come in a later video at a later point. But for now, I just want to give my impressions because honestly, stepping up into this movie, from what I heard from other reviewers and from just the audience in general, most people were sort of kind of mixed. There were some people that absolutely loved it. There were some people that absolutely hated it. And there were some people that was kind of right in the middle or slightly above, closer to the light side or closer to the, the right side, kind of closer than the negative side. For me, I, I'd say that it was just a straight up average movie. It wasn't the most fantastic thing I ever saw, but it necessarily wasn't the worst thing I saw. And even if I were to rank this movie and slide it into all the previous MCU movies and where I would rank it at, I still would put it above my lowest ranked one, which was Captain Marvel. So, I mean, it didn't get that bad, but I'm just saying kind of keep that in mind though but if you're like an avid you know marvel fan like me you're gonna go to the theater or you're gonna see it at some point um just to know exactly how this plays out though because the one interesting thing i did like about this movie was it did explain about the history of 
you know, the um about the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general, because you you know, like 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 what happened before time, like like who's basically like the gods or something like that in terms of um like creation and stuff like that. They go and explain that in this movie though, and the way how they introduced everything and explained about um explained about the um eternals the deviants as and celestials it was very interesting and that part alone was the thing that kind of captivated me um for this movie and i would say this movie was a little bit slower pace it's not like upbeat and pretty fast and springy like shang chi and the legend of ten rings was which was a absolutely fantastic movie like like it, it was up there. Like I, I loved everything about that movie. This one had a different kind of pace about it, and also the the different twists that they put up in there, and who you actually get to see in the movie. That was the actual antagonist, though. It did kind of catch me by surprise a little bit, but it wasn't too over like overall shocking or whatever, though. But they did do some things, and they weren't afraid of pulling some actions. And um, if you happen to hear about things or see about things on Twitter, uh. Yes, there's a couple of scenes up in this movie that uh that you, you might want to brace yourself for because they they did two things in, in terms of the sake of um in terms of the sake of diversity as well as just um or not even diversity should I say I probably should take that word back not diversity but being unique like pulling like the first of in the MCU they did do like a couple of scenes in the movie um that I and I won't spoil it in case you hadn't seen it the movie yet though but. Yeah, they are showing some re good, or they're showing some better representation for just you know just people in general in this movie though. So do keep that in mind. So it it will appease um to some people. It might not appease to other people though. I know some scenes got censored. I think in some Asian parts of you know the Asian countries of the world over there in the east and whatnot though. But that is just a few things to kind of keep in mind though. But overall, I say it was a it was a fairly good movie. Um, I definitely would say there. There is a good amount of comedy up in here, and I think I do have some personal favorites um, from the movie, though, but I'll, I'll, I'll go deeper into that one in my actual movie review for it, though. But there are a couple of fan favorites I found out of here that I actually like quite a bit, though. But overall, it, it's a fairly good, interesting movie, and those ending cutscenes, I will talk about that in my full-blown trailer, uh, full-blown review, because, man, oh, man, I got Shoot, I really want to talk about that mess. Whole freaking shoot. Th this movie was a good movie in terms of setup and what could potentially come after this movie in terms of what could happen in uh, future Eternals 2 or just the overall cinematic universe in general, which could play into other movies. I think it even tied into uh, even future movies as well as I think it might have even tied in a little bit into a Disney Plus series as well, though. But yeah, so overall, it was a fairly good movie. If you're a big Marvel fan, you're probably still going to like it. If you're kind of a casual Marvel fan, you may or may not want to wait until this one actually becomes available on Disney Plus where you're able to watch it normally. I don't think an ending cutscene or what they showed as the ending cutscenes will have a direct effect into Spider-Man, um, the next Spider-Man movie that's coming out in December. So in terms of that regard, I don't think you're going to be missing too much. But that's just a little heads up, though. But yeah, that's basically all I have to say on um, Eternals right there, though. And then let's move on into our last and final pop culture segment, which could also be sort of kind of pseudo-gamer related as well, though. But yes, we, there are some rumors, and I don't normally talk about rumors that much. But this kind of rumor kind of hit me in a different kind of way because, yes, um, there, there's stuff going in the rumor mill department that Seth um, Kogan, a.k.a. the voice actor that is, you know, voicing Donkey Kong in the in the Mario movie that's going to come out next year, 
is apparently in the works right now in terms of doing a solo DK movie. And I was like, what the actual heck? And I was like, I'm over here scratching my head. I was like, man, you didn't even have the Mario movie come out yet. And and I heard things about how the people at Nintendo, um, the ones that kind of, you know, putting in the work in behind the scenes and stuff, they, they like what they see so far, what they did with Illumination and stuff. And now there's already works that a Donkey Kong movie could be in the works. I mean, part of that to me, I, I'm kind of nervous, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, freaking shoot. Is Nintendo actually going there? Could we actually see like the Smash Brothers, um, Smash Brothers, like MCU universe? Like we're going to have Mario over here. We're going to have Donkey Kong. Maybe we're going to have Legend of Zelda, Fire Emblem, Kid Icarus. Um, like, are we going to get like a bunch of Nintendo IP movies that could lead into a Smash Brothers um, movie? Probably not. I mean, that, that's just like my personal, um, oh goodness, that's that's my hopes and dreams at least though. But in the sense that we could get a lot more um, representation from Nintendo IPs in terms of them going to the big screen like that, it could be promising. We have the Mario movie, if the Donkey Kong thing happens next, who who knows what could happen next? We can have Legend of Zelda, Fire Emblem, maybe even our girl Samus or something like a Samus movie, a Metroid movie, whole freaking shoot. I think that would be absolutely phenomenal if you give it to the right people, though. But that alone is just pretty promising. Like, not even the fact that uh, the rumor mill that a DK movie could be being made at this point in time. But the fact of what could happen after this, if you're already going from Mario to Donkey Kong, if it happens to be true, it could open the doors to a lot more IPs. And to that, that's what truly excited me, at least for the most part, though. And that's the reason why I just wanted to talk about this here briefly um, within my pop culture segment, because we could be getting some more things down. But y'all got to let me know in the comment section down below, It you know, what are your favorite Nintendo IPs and what will be after the Donkey Kong thing, if it happened to be true, what would be one of your most anticipated things that you really would wanted to see? Is it, you know, to have Link and Legend of Zelda? I think a Fire Emblem or a Kid Icarus um, movie would be pretty sick. Or even if it's not just movie, maybe they also go and partner with Netflix or something like that. And we do like the animated related stuff. And I think a Kid Icarus or a Fire Emblem anime would be pretty lit. Fire Emblem would be kind of interesting because there's a lot of different games you can pull from, a lot of different stories. So it's like, which ones do you pull? You do, you pull most relevant like, you know, you're like your Awakening Fates or like Three Houses, or do you jump back to the originals with um, like Shadow Dragon and whatnot, though? I mean, there, there's a lot of different directions you can kind of go from this, and a lot of different materials and, or source materials you can pull from from the games um, in terms of where you want to start, where you want to go. I don't know. But at least with this Donkey Kong movie, I feel like they're going to explain about the origins of Donkey Kong aka what is now cranky kong when in the country series though but him being the original donkey kong i think that's gonna be explained in the first part of this movie in the, the mario movie and then maybe they flow over to traditional donkey kong with this movie if that happens to be a thing at least that's just my little prediction of it though but y'all gotta let me know down in the comment section down below what all you think about this one little bit of interesting uh news that could happen to be true from the rumor mill though but that's basically gonna do it in terms of all the the pop culture related news that I had for y'all. So now let's go ahead and flip over to that gaming news. All right. So now, oh, shoot. 
recently, within the past couple of weeks, Pikmin Bloom actually finally launched for mobile. Like we, we knew this game was coming and it, they basically gave like a launch window that it was going to come out this year though. And they, they slowly been kind of, re- um, they've been sort of kind of releasing this slowly, but surely across the world. Cause I think it started off with Australia and I, I think they started hitting like the Philippines and stuff. Some of those other Island um, countries over there. And then eventually it made its way over here to the U S I technically downloaded like the APK of it. So it allowed me to kind of go hands on, hands-on first before most people in the united states you know got their hands on it it had to only be like by one day i managed to beat out most people on it though but overall my experience on it so far it's been fairly good like it's like you know it's also being made by niantic and the same people that made pokemon go and stuff so you can kind of if you know how pokemon go works with you know kind of walking around kind of catching pokemon stuff yes it is focused on the walking around aspect because you will have to walk around you know, go to certain landmarks and stuff, collect certain Pikmin and stuff like that, and then grow them. Now, I feel like this is even a more casual and more watered down experience because it's not like as interactive as like Pokemon where, you know, you're battling, you're catching, you're trading and all of that stuff. And then you're uh, you're trying to not necessarily level them up, but, you know, or, you know, get their CP um, levels um, increase high enough so that way they battle better and whatnot though do raids and all that stuff it's not nearly as like jam-packed as pokemon go because i felt like that was like lightning in a bottle but this is a much more casual experience you're literally going around you got pikmin and you literally kind of walk around and stuff you can like um you can you know give them nectar and stuff that allows them to grow a petal up on top of their head and then um you're able to collect those petals kind of um hold them up in like a jar or whatever though and then you can open up your phone tap on something like that say hey grow petals and then you can literally put the phone back in your pocket walk around and stuff you can actually see um all of the flowers and stuff blooming around like your local area where you're just going around walking around your block or just happen to be walking around your park or whatever though yeah you can just grow a whole bunch of flowers and stuff so then as you're like pulling up your phone and stuff you can see the other flowers and stuff that people planted along the way and such so honestly in terms of that it, it, it's a very casual nice experience if you're happy to be one of those people that used to, that likes to be super outdoorsy or like like the go on walks and stuff like that i feel like this is like a very good complement and supplement to your walking that way this kind of gives you a little extra things to do not nearly as like it like high paces like pokemon's like oh shoot i gotta go to um way across the park over there across the pond because i gotta go catch that um i gotta go over there and catch that gold duck or something like that i don't know whatever it happened to be over there though but no this is a much more casual experience where i i feel like it can be associated with everybody though and um i feel like in terms of the um the microtransactions i don't feel like it's necessarily that bad um at least for the most part though it seems like fairly tame and stuff i don't feel personally really motivated like for Pokemon, yes, I did. When it first launched, like like that was the stuff. Um, when Go first originally launched, like I was actually putting money into that mobile app though. But at least for Pikmin Bloom, I don't feel like it's like a hundred percent necessary, at least for now. And I feel like I don't feel like the rates on it are like too terrible or anything in that kind of sense though. So I feel like it I feel like it's moderated at least fairly well uh so far. I can always change with updates and stuff like that, but at least for the time being, I feel like it's all right though. But outside of that, there's not too much crazy stuff. I do know if you happen to um check in and tie it into your Nintendo account, you can get a blue Pikmin that will actually wear like a Nintendo hat. I I, I find that to be pretty cool or whatever though. But yeah, so it, you know, if you want to people that have like high anxiety or if you you know go through depression or stuff like that i feel like this could be a game 
that could be very um that honestly could help you out quite a bit because I I know one of my friends over there like you know he's you know stressed out with you know life um beyond college and stuff like that though and you know in any one of us can kind of get to that point right there where a lot of different things aren't played or whatever though at any given moment though but going through and just playing this game at least from him and every all the thoughts I heard from him so far though he, he's been really enjoying this game though I, it's been a while since I last picked it up to be honest though because I, I played it fairly active at least for the first couple of days and since then i hadn't i hadn't checked on them uh shoot i know you can even send your pikmin out to go get stuff and depending on how far it is it depends on how how long they'll take to get back i wonder did, did my pikmin come back from um going across the way to um you know bring back some stuff to me though but honestly it's a fairly good game nothing too crazy but it is the the most recent mobile game that nintendo has put out and they did partner with niantic on this so it does beg the question we know that nintendo's basically going to scale back um how many games that they're bringing to the mobile market like we even got the shutdown of um dr mario here lately like that shut down on october the 31st so yeah so i feel like they're gonna put a little more into the mobile market but i don't feel like they were nearly going into it as big as what they originally thought and hoped for because right now at the moment you have like what mario run you have animal crossing fire emblem that's a big juggernaut dragalia lost pikmin blue did i say already pokemon go and those are basically like the the main meat and potatoes at least for right now the one that i know would make a lot of sense is like legend of zelda like i feel like that would be like the next assured one that we probably will get here um next after pigment bloom if they happen to go with another ipo but who who knows though but the fact that we got pigment bloom after all these years and we still don't have a pigment four i mean hey I feel bad for you Pikmin fans. I, I truly do feel bad for you, man, because I'm, I'm just like, dang. I was like, y'all can't catch a bone at all, man. I'm like, whole freaking shoot, though. But yeah, so, oh, goodness. But I believe that's basically all my thoughts I have on Pikmin Blue. Like, you gotta let me know um, whether or not have you tried this game now? It's a game that you're actually loving or whatnot, though. I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comment section down below, though. And that's gonna basically do it for that, though. But now, well, we got some pretty big and interesting news to talk about and obviously comes with a, a with a little bit of arguments and a little bit of debates because yes the nintendo 64 online has officially launched for with its expansion pack and with that expansion pack you know we, we managed to get nine good games on the service we have mario 64 um mario kart 64 star Fox 64 yoshi's island uh, Winback, Sin and Punishment, Ocarina of Time, Dr. Mario, and Mario Tennis. Those nine games. And, you know, for most people, when they revealed the price of it being 50 bucks, people were like, is this really worth it for these nine N64 games? And then a bunch of Genesis games that we didn't really ask for, though, but thanks anyway. And some Animal Crossing DLC for, you know, for what? That game has sold about 30-something oddball million units, so a good chunk of people own animal crossing but not necessarily everybody so if you don't own the dlc it's not really worth it to you or yada 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 i don't know i, I heard that speculation going on for like a very long time on the internet though but yes it has a finally officially launched i did manage to actually stream myself going through and playing through all the um playing through some of the n64 games so you can find a video up of it of me streaming that game on the channel so you're you're free to check that out and kind of hear about like my raw impressions of how it kind of played out though i originally started off playing some mario tennis with with a few of my friends though it is a little bit glitchy kind of reminds me of when the nes online service 
for the NES games originally launched, like the NES games didn't used to play super well at the very beginning. They were sort of kind of glitchy. That's what the vibe I was kind of getting from Mario Tennis because we did play that one with four players and whatnot, though. It seemed to get a little bit better as, you know, time went on and whatnot, though. And then um, I think we jumped over and we played Mario 64. Uh, that one, shoot, at least when we were playing it, it was fairly glitchy as well, though. So I, I think it really kind of depends on the internet connection between um, from user to user. Because I had heard from other people that played Mario 64 or shoot, even Star Fox 64 had a fairly good experience with um, with them playing it, though. But if you're not necessarily playing it online, most of the N64 games run pretty well. There are a little bit of emulation issues um, from what people have been able to kind of pick out with Ocarina of Time. Because I think there's some stuff with the water temple and the reflection that you can see off the water. Where most people were like, oh, it, it doesn't look as clear or stuff like that or something with the fog effects. I can't fully vouch on that because I never fully went through and played Ocarina of Time. My, um, I was hoping to play it here on the N64 um, online app. But I hope that those little things that people have been kind of pointing out don't really hinder the experience, at least for me personally, though. But overall, you know, this plan is by yourself. It's pretty good for what you're kind of getting right here. It's, I mean, you know, obviously the game variety, it, you know, we can obviously hope to have more games up here on the service, though. And, uh, you know, more games, I think, will make the, the, the service or the value of the service kind of go up, though. It always does bring in the question, if they did the DLC for this for Animal Crossing, could they technically do it? For other games like maybe High Rewards, Age of Calamity, or something like that, or maybe future DLCs like Splatoon 3. Because if you have Splatoon, you, most likely you're probably gonna have the online service or whatever, though, and hints and so forth, though. So, honestly, that it, it, it's an interesting thing to talk about, really interesting because we also um, we recently got some news reports from the end of the fiscal quarter going up, and we did get some numbers here over here, and I'm gonna pull it up here on, on the side over here so I can look at it real quick though. But roughly about, I want to say, um, do, 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 32 million subs are subscribed currently to the, um, to the switch online service. Now, if you think about it with where we at currently, cause I think the switch is currently at 90 ish. It's somewhere in the nineties. Millions is roughly about one to out of every three people that own a switch. One person basically has the online service and it does count members. So if you're part of a family, um, family pack, what like eight people up in there, it doesn't count as one, but it counts as, you know, for each individual member that's part of the family pack. So, yeah, so basically one out of every three people that have a switch basically has the online service. And Nintendo did report that basically they're going to drop nine hundred million dollars of what they've been basically getting from the online service into, you know, other kind of game development slash a little bit also into the online service as well now that's a whole lot of money to be dumping up into what could be the service side of things and just game development in general though but i'm really hoping because they also went on to say a, a few quotes um from nintendo themselves about some of the plans because they literally said going forward we will continue to improve and expand both the nintendo switch online and nintendo switch online plus expansion pack striving to provide services that satisfy customers and i feel like that response is probably um due to the fact that some shareholders probably caught some of the backlash from shoot have you been looking at them um the like the dislike ratio on those switch online um videos because oh shoot like literally that online video at least from us here 
on the America side. That was Nintendo's most disliked video ever, period. Even beating out, what was it, Metroid Prime Federation Force? Which I know that was like a very hot topic for people that really love Metroid and honestly really couldn't get down with that game and what it had to offer and stuff like that. So I, I'm just bamboozled. Like how in the world you take a good idea all you got to do is chunk, chunk a little bit more games up in there. Just fix the price just a little bit. Don't make it go as high as 50 or whatever, though. That way you kind of pees to most people that could be casually into it or like hardcore. They were going to get it no matter what kind of price you're going to throw at it. And somehow they managed to butcher all of that up. But I think in their plan is, hey, we're just going to keep throwing games at it. So we're going over quantity over quality of the service. And over time, maybe if we're somehow lucky, they'll dump some of that $900 million and be able to actually put it into like their online infrastructure. Maybe we can get some servers at some point. I don't know. They have some limited service. Like I know they, they have something that's running for Tetris 99 and stuff like that, though. But I mean, here's hoping they could find a way to do something. Something, at least, in the foreseeable future, though. But, yeah. But also, the service did manage to get data mined as well. So, people were able to kind of see exactly, you know, some kind of coding and stuff that's kind of going on in the background of everything going right now, though. But it did figure out that there are going to be about 50-ish or so games that was uh, that was planned um, to be added to the N64 online service. And they're basically have like numbers that are coded around and stuff like that. So you're able to kind of fill in the number gaps um, between the titles that we already have and what could be basically in the middle of those titles, though. And I know one hot topic has been literally GoldenEye in which maybe and especially with some of the kind of news that's been going around how um, literally GoldenEye has been like banned or whatever in Germany. And I think Nintendo kind of got with some of their people over there and stuff to get that game unbanded. And it's like, wait, why in the world would you kind of push to get that game unbanded unless you were going to have plans to release it or do something related with it over there in that country? So that does kind of lead to some speculation and rise like maybe Nintendo, maybe a little and Microsoft managed to work something out to where we might potentially have GoldenEye on the N64 online service. That to me Oh, shoot, man. You're talking about adding some value to the online subscription. There's probably people that says, I'm not going to pay for it. 50 bucks is way too much and all that stuff. And then the second they announced GoldenEye's coming to do it, they're like, like, shut up, Nintendo. Take my money. Like, there's going to be literally people that are going to flip like that on the dime. Because I just feel like that in itself can push things really strong, just like whenever Banjo-Kazooie um, comes out to the service. And I think most people will probably pick up the service by then just to play that game. But yeah, so honestly, some good things are should be coming um, for the N64 thing. And I know there was like way more um, Genesis games that are, that are planned to be added in there according to that data mine as well, though. But yeah, so that, that was basically all the little bit of news I managed to kind of gather up on the online servers in general, what Nintendo plans to do on it, the response to some of the backlash and stuff, and what their future plans is in terms of this online service as it kind of go on and progress and whatnot, though. I still feel like most likely they're probably going to add um genesis or not genesis they're going to add game boy games to the service at some point in the foreseeable future though i don't know exactly when but i have a feeling they probably will the question is does that become part of the baseline tier or expansion I, honestly this one i hope it's part of the expansion pack just to make it have a, a little more value to it or whatnot though but yeah so that's basically all the, the news i had to talk about in terms of the um 
in terms of the Switch Online expansion pack overall as a whole, though. But y'all gotta let me know in the comment section down below. Were you one of those people like me that managed to get it on day one, or did you, you know, kind of like cheat like me? It's like, you know what? I'm gonna group up with a whole bunch of people. That way I don't have to pay like a full 50 bucks. Literally, if you had a family pack of just two people, that's 40 bucks a piece instead of just paying 50 individually. Like you can save out, you can save money as long as like at least there's like two of y'all going together or whatnot, though. But yeah, that's basically all I have to say on that, though. So we'll go ahead and switch over to the next news topic, because uh, here lately, we did get confirmation that Animal Crossing 2.0 has officially launched. It actually managed to drop out a couple of days early on a Wednesday. And I think it came out with some bugs and glitches and stuff because, you know, it dropped early. It wasn't it was planned. It wasn't planned to actually drop out on that actual day, though. But people managed to get their hands on it regardless. Was able to do a little stuff before the official launch that happened just recently on Friday, though. Which, yes, added a whole bunch of extra new stuff and content where you're able to kind of do some stuff on your main island. Like, you know, extra decals and stuff. You managed to get um, the roost back where, you know, you're able to kind of get a cup of coffee with, with that bird. Get that pigeon milk and whatnot, though. And uh, a lot of other interesting stuff. And then, obviously, you got the paid DLC that if you do have the online expansion pack for it, you're able to actually access that DLC for free, go up on the archipelago and stuff, and kind of go through like the old original happy home designer kind of related stuff, but you're doing it for each individual island. So at least if you manage to get your own island up to snuff and you, you did everything you could right there, now you got like a whole bunch of other islands that you can go through and redesign like that. So it gives you a lot more stuff to do. I know my uh, I know my boy Alexis is probably going through some of that stuff right now and doing quite a bit of stuff um, with it. And I know my other good friend, um, I know my other good friend Yoshi is, um, I know he's going through and playing through the game as well, though. And I know he's looking forward to get his hands up on the DLC as well, though. So, yes. Oh, quite a bit of stuff for you Animal Crossing fans. I did want to point that out because I know a lot of people are probably super excited about it, though. The ones that were excited <laughs> probably about it and probably found more value out of the online expansion pass, uh, expansion pack than uh, more so than people like me, so to say, that don't really own Animal Crossing. It, it, it was okay. I, I, I like what I played out of it, though. But I mean, it's, you know, it ain't necessarily my cup of tea. I had my sort of kind of fun with it, though. But yeah, so, but for all y'all diehard Animal Crossing fans, I know there's a lot to look forward to within this DLC. And now you finally can get some substantial content. And now you can, you know, finally be able to do some stuff again um, compared to what you were doing previously, though. But that's basically all the stuff I want to report about on the Animal Crossing 2.0 launch. Now, lastly, in terms of my last little bit of gaming news, we basically have the fiscal reports that came in recently for the Nintendo Switch. And here in front of me that I'm about to pull up here, I should be able to actually get up here on the screen here, at least if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, though. Um, I should have in front of me the top 10 games that... um. That basically, in terms of their sales figures, now we now we got new updated numbers for the top 10 right over here. So give me a second to pull this up here real quick. So let me go ahead and do this. All righty. So here in front of me, we got number 10 coming in hot with Ring Fit Adventure at 12.21 million units. Um, at number nine, we have Splatoon 2 at 12.68. Then moving up from there, let's go Pikachu and Eevee at 13.83. Gosh, dang. Hey, oh man, those games are still know, know how to sell. Oh shoot. Then you have Super Mario Party, a, a fairly decent jump 
at the the number eight, set, the number seven spot right there. Wait, seven, ten, nine, eight. Yeah, number seven spot right there. Super Mario Party at sixteen point four eight million units. And then jumping up from there at the number six spot, yeah, Super Mario Odyssey at 21.95 million units. Then above that, I can't remember if Sword and Shield was lower than this at lower than Odyssey last time, though, but I think it managed to sneak up. Um, jumping at the number five spot, it's at 22.64 million units, likely to go up a little bit more as, you know, the holidays get close once again, though. And then up from there, you had The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild at 24.13 million units. Then you have Super Smash Bros. Ultimate at 25.71 million units. And then at number two, oh goodness, the thing that still, oh freaking shoot, the man is to keep selling no matter what, Animal Crossing New Horizons at 34.85 million units. Just insane how quick that sucker managed to sell um, thanks to its perfect timing with you know the, the pandemic and whatnot though and then last but not least the king that cannot be stopped mario kart 8 deluxe at 38.74 million units sold now that's crazy because like literally alone i think within the past three months we got an update in terms of how this game sold with just in the last three months alone for mario kart 8 deluxe and it sold i think three million oddball copies fairly short um, a little lower than uh, I think than what Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword was selling at the moment, though. And I was like, dang, I was like, people like literally the attach rate is literally insane. And if you look at the 38.74 million units that um that have sold like this in comparison to how many switches are out right now, it's roughly I want to say it's literally like a 30 something odd percent. It's almost to the point where it's like out of every three people that own a switch. One of them owns Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. It's almost became, um, became that game. It's like, Lily, if you have a Switch, more likely than not, you probably have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe either digitally downloaded or physically on a cartridge um, sitting next to your Switch, wherever it may be, though. So, whole freaking shoot. So, yeah, that, that is crazy and a little bit insane just to kind of think about it in terms of that regard right there. And, man, these games, is, these Evergreen titles, man, they just continue to keep on selling like that. And I'm like, gosh, freaking dang. But in terms of the actual Switch numbers, uh, in terms of what they managed to sell overall, though, um, they're roughly at, if I remember the number here real quick, I believe it's like roughly around 95-ish million, you know, roughly, give or take. That's essentially where the, the Nintendo Switch sales are currently at at the moment, though. And goodness, like, literally, it won't be too long until we actually manage to have... Um, the Switch passed over the 100 million mark, and here soon, it should actually manage to pass um, the Wii here fairly soon. So, you know, depending on how many units that Nintendo actually manages to ship out, because, um, you know, with the chip shortage and whatnot, though, they could manage to over, you know, shoot over the 100 mil and manage to actually manage to beat um, the Wii and finally be the highest selling Nintendo system home console wise. And we'll see exactly how close it can kind of get in comparison to the DS or if it can, you know, also compete with the PS4. I don't know whether or not it's necessarily going to hit the, the crazy numbers like the PS2 or whatever, though, because that's kind of way up there, though. But it honestly kind of depends on how much longer the, the life cycle is for the Switch and where they're basically going to take it from there. Because one interesting thing that popped out of the 
out of the news briefing with their investors was is they did show one slide and saying how they're kind of going to take their approach for Nintendo in the future. And there was one slide on there where it had to switch and it said their future outlook. And they said, we're going to plan on using the Nintendo account moving from this point forward. Because, you know, like the accounts was weird from the Wii and then jumping over to the Wii U. And literally you couldn't have none of your purchases get like transferred from the Wii U back over to the Switch. So hopefully if they're switching or switching, if they're sticking with the Nintendo account, hopefully whatever successor that comes after the Switch will essentially be able to use um, and be able to be backwards compatible with the current Switch library of games. So I'll be able to actually go through and download all of my Switch games that I had on my future console. Like that's hopefully the, the future we're taking something kind of similar like what basically PlayStation has been doing right now. Like if you had any previous PS4 game, you can download that on the PS5. I think that's the approach that Nintendo is basically wanting to do. The interesting thing is they said whatever next console or successor they had will come out in the year 20XX, which basically kind of got some people speculating, oh shoot, there might be a new console around the road. Could it be that whole Switch Pro or could it be that successor of the Switch? You know, Nintendo always works on the next um, console, whatever it happens to be. Uh, basically, the second that they um, they finish and get the, the previous system they were already working on out the window, though. So, yes, there are some works that are, are some things running in the background right now because currently the Switch came out in 2017, 2018, 19, 20, 21. Uh, we're about to go into 2022 which is almost about five-ish or so years that the Switch would have been out, or you count the individual years, like they've been out, like 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. I mean, when 2022 hits, that would be like technically a six-year that it would have been out on the market, but it's technically going to be five, or the way how you do the math or whatever, though. But yeah, so the you know, Switch is kind of getting close to that, that lucky number six oddball um, years old, so it's like, does Nintendo basically extend the life out of it and you know, kind of do these um, mid-gen refreshers and stuff. Or, I mean, it's kind of getting fairly late. They might already be looking over into the, the successor that comes after the Switch. So it's kind of some things you just kind of kind of have to keep in mind as we get a little closer to this, though. I don't think we have anything really to worry about, like nothing that we will see for a successor that probably will pop up in the year of 2022. I'd say late in the 2023, that's when we sort of kind of might get something with the ball moving, at least for some of that, though. But that's basically like just like my gut feeling on basically how I feel about pretty much all of that, though. But also, I did want to point out with some of the system sales that, yes, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, it alone, not with the combination of it combined with Mario Kart um, 8 on the Wii U, though. But Mario Kart 8 Deluxe alone on the Switch finally managed to actually surpass Mario Kart Wii. And I was like, holy freaking shoot. Like, I never thought the day would actually happen um for it though because you know with it being at 38 point um i believe 38.74 million units it finally um eclipsed the the wii so the wii was actually a fairly good um mario kart game and shoot i think even mario kart 8 um uh, not mario kart 8 mario kart double dash actually turned 18 this year though but um 8 deluxe is oh goodness it, it, it just sells game busters this is the reason why we we're not going to get a mario kart 9 at least for the foreseeable future like this because honestly when you got a game that keeps selling like this shoot nintendo is known to basically make a game and sit on it i'm pretty sure mario kart 9 is pretty much done at this moment they're probably going to wait literally until whatever the new console is that comes after the switch they could either you know, make it like a cross-gen game or just purely 
purely on the nine and basically release it out in that first original year, like what they did with eight deluxe because eight deluxe came out in April, the switch launched in March of 2017. So yeah, I feel like they're going to do that same similar approach. And then it's just going to sell gangbusters all over again. Cause by that point, people are going to be like, finally a new Mario Kart game, especially for all of us. Wii U owners, the little few in number that we are that managed to have Mario Kart eight on there that probably double dip and got eight deluxe again. Oh, shoot, yeah. It's going to be long overdue when we finally get that brand new Mario Kart game, though. But we're just going to have to wait and be a little bit patient a little bit more, though. But that's basically it in terms of some of the fiscal rules that I have planned for y'all, though. So, yeah, y'all got to let me know in the comment section down below uh, what all did you think about all of this stuff and whether or not, um, whether or not you know, the, the news about any of this stuff in the fiscal report surprise you, even if it's like the 32 um, million subs for the Switch Online or the fact that Mario 8 Deluxe finally managed to sell more than Mario Kart Wii. And um the you know the king just cannot be stopped no matter what um no matter what happens to it and yada 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 though. But y'all just gotta let me know in the comment section down below what all you thought about it though. But that's basically gonna do it for this. So now we're gonna switch over to so about that show. Now unfortunately, I still don't have that jazzy you know, eccentric, you know, hyped up music <laughs> that's going to be playing like what I have during some of my other segments, though. But here's hoping fairly soon I'll finally get that worked out upon. I don't know. Maybe maybe by the time um shoot, maybe by the time I had my episode 25, which is going to be a pretty big number in terms of how long I would have the series going so far. Maybe by then I'll have something finally figured out, though. But anyway. In terms of shows I've been watching here recently, I would have to say that, um, mm, you know what? Besides some of the movies and stuff, like the My Hero Academia movie I watch and Eternals and stuff, um, lately, I, I guess I got to go back on my anime spill stuff because um, I think last time I want to say, I think I might have mentioned um, The Detective is Already Dead. I, I believe I want to say I mentioned that series last time though but one recent anime i think i recently watched um that i found that was actually fairly enjoyable what maze you know how anime is sometimes you got some weird old titles with these things though but uh the most recent one that i watched was um my senpai is annoying i actually watched it today and i have to say you know what i'm not really a big fan of slice of life anime or whatnot though but this one was just kind of hitting the right strides for me it's, it, it's about this um this younger, um, this younger woman, basically this age of 22, but basically looks like a lowly, like almost kind of looks like a kid or as a, you know, the summary says, basically looks like a high school student, but she's a full blown adult, 22 and whatnot though. And basically she kind of works as like, almost like an apprentice to this older dude. And, um, it's just the way how these two characters kind of spin off of each other. I, I, I've just been enjoying it. Um, the dude that the, the senpai is, same voice actor as Endeavor, or you might know him as, you know, Captain Yami from Black Boot, <laughs> Black Bulls. So, yeah, so honestly, I don't know. It's just the way how those two kind of play off of each other. I, I just found that anime to be pretty enjoyable in itself, though. And I noticed one movie that um, Sonic U has mentioned to me that I should watch, literally called Doom. And I actually do have HBO Max. So I, I was meaning to try to watch that. 
before doing this podcast. Unfortunately, that just did not happen or whatever, though. So here's hoping I, I should be able to watch it um by next time. So hopefully by the next episode for episode 21, I'll be able to actually kind of get my thoughts up on that and see if it was nearly as good as what he claims it um claims it to be, though. But another anime I actually managed to watch was uh um oof, goodness, man. These anime names, oh shoot. Banished from the Heroes Party, I decided to live a quiet life in the countryside. Like, just let that sink in for a second. Banished from the Heroes Party, I decided to live a quiet life in the countryside. Like, I don't know. It's 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 some big old long names like that. You can tell it's from like a visual novel or whatever, though. Anyway, it's basically about this dude who was like part of a, a party or whatever, though. He has like some valuable skills and whatnot, though. But then um unfortunately he, he got kicked out of the party and literally like the head of the party was like his younger sister I, I i don't know how that happened anyway no he's living a quiet life he wants to be an apothecary and stuff like that and then he meets um another girl that he met along his travels um while in his original party and um i think it was red and was it red and rit i think ren rit, i don't know it's both their names start with r's i don't even know how but anyway, though, but yeah, meets this um, younger girl or whatever, though. And um, gosh, they just play off of each other so well, though. And um, it, it, it's basically not. Obviously, there's a little bit of romance up in the, in the series, though. But it's like it's like a fantasy, fantasy action adventure kind of anime, though. So honestly, it's been really good. I've been enjoying every single one of those episodes that's um, been coming out for it as well, though. So those are just a couple of anime recommendations. I recommend it because uh, for the dubs, at least, they recently came out, though. But actually, for this one, um, even if you do manage to watch it sub, um, it's still currently airing the sub. Like, the sub is, like, on episode five. Dub is on episode three. And as for that other one I, I mentioned about the whole My Senpai is Annoying, um, for that one, I know the dub recently launched with its first episode, but the sub for that one's on episode five, though. But yeah, so honestly, those are just a couple of shows I tried here recently. And when I mean recently, I mean like within the past couple of weeks. Well, not for the other one. The the one with the whole banish from the party thing. I started that one even before last week's episode and whatnot, though. But honestly, that was just a couple of things I've been going through and watching, though. So honestly, I've been having a, a good time going through and watching certain uh, different anime shows. But as always, if you have any other recommendations, especially if it's anime related, um, leave that down in the comment section down below. And I, I'll, I'll be willing to kind of check them out, you know, forever for whoever happens to be the first one to actually recommend something for, you know, in the comments or whatever, though. I feel personally inclined if I have whatever service, it, you know, I have it on. To be out, uh, I'll, I'll be willing to actually try it out and then I'll, I'll give you a follow up on it for whoever's first, though. Won't be for anybody else, be forever. Whoever mentioned something first, I'll be willing to try out at least one episode. If it's a movie, who oh, shoot, that, that'll be a little harder to do. But if it's an episode, I'll, I'll be willing to do it for whoever happens to be the first person to leave something in the comment section down below, though. But that's basically going to do it in terms of that segment, though. So now we're going to jump over to the what you've been playing. Alrighty, so in terms of what I've been playing, I know there's going to be one big main focus thing that I wanted to talk about here lately, because we did manage to get the launch of Mario Party Superstars here lately, and man oh man, I've been going through and playing through this, and honestly, I've been having a pretty good swell time going through and playing this, because with this being the first 
Mario Party game where you're able to actually play it online. And on top of that, have like a way better connection service than Super Mario Party. It blows out of the water. I definitely like the fact that you're able to go through and play through a lot of the boards that basically kind of focus around the N64 era where you have Mario Party 1, 2, and 3. And honestly, it's just been a lot of fun. I don't know. It's been a while since I had a lot of fun with Mario Party. And in terms of the online connection, it's it runs fairly smooth. I played it with um, three other people for a grand total of four. And it's been honestly really enjoyable. But I'm just overall surprised at the packaging that they kind of put up in this game. Because literally there's like achievements. There's like leaderboards and stuff. The online games, like there's like a like a rush mini game thing that you're able to do and stuff. And then like, you know, you play the game enough times and stuff. You can even play like the classic music for each one of these board games on a map. And I was like, you know what? That in itself, I'm like, oh, freaking shoot. I just love every little bit of stuff that's kind of offered in this game. Even though I'm mainly only going to play it for primarily just for me playing with other friends, I still find it pretty enjoyable just using it for that. But I know there's going to be other diehard Mario Party fans that probably play it with themselves or just with other random people, though. And the good thing is, even if you play with some of your friends and you don't happen to get all the way through the match, you can save the progress, pick it up later, and resume right back from where they left off. That right there to me, I'm like, oh, yes, that is amazing. I love that whole freaking shoot. But honestly, I've been enjoying every little bit about this game, though. But y'all got to let me know in the comment section down below um, whether or not you managed to pick this up or you're kind of on the fence about it or whatnot, though. Because at least for me, it was worth it. Because it, it's been a while since I had that um, that or pretty much that much fun on a Mario Party game in quite some time, probably way back to where I used to play with my siblings almost all the time with, you know, in the OG days of Mario Party 3, from, for us at least, though. But overall, I, I find this game pretty enjoyable, though. But y'all got to let me know in the comment section down below if you managed to get it, if you like it, you love it, or shoot, maybe you're not a fan of it. Maybe you hate it. I don't know. You, you can't hate it over a comparison to Super Mario Party. You, you can't. There's just no way. But that's going to basically do it for that topic, though. And in terms of any other games I've been recently playing, I've still been kind of going through and playing uh, Kingdom Hearts 2. I kind of, I think I got to the midway point where I basically had to go back through and re-explore through some of my older worlds and whatnot, though. So I'm kind of working on that. I feel like I put, I want to say, 15 hours or so up into the game. But that's currently where I'm at on that. And then obviously I'm about to pick up Spider-Man again for my stream series and whatnot, though. And then in terms of another game I think I've been playing recently was uh, Splatoon 2. I've been lately playing that, at least with my good friend Bronto, because uh, me and him, we're going Evo. We're going Evo. Like when Splatoon 3 drops, you know, that, that's when stuff is about to go down. Because we've been playing lately, like been playing quite a bit of some online um, matches here and there, though. But yeah, we've been having a pretty good fun little blast going through and playing through that, though. But yeah, so that's uh, another game I've been playing lately on the Switch, at least fairly often. I still got to go back and play the Great Ace Attorney at some point. some point, I got to pick it up and go through it again, though. But, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all the stuff I've been playing, though. But y'all got to let me know whether or not what games you've been going through and playing and whatnot, though. And uh, if you got some good, interesting suggestions, though, because, you know, as we get close to Black Friday, and, you know, there's going to be some games, especially with eShop deals, where certain games are going to go on discount and stuff. 
So I am kind of curious. So, you know, some good games that y'all might have been picking up here lately that I might have to kind of keep an eye out on. I know, I know there's some big games coming around the corner with Shimagami Tensei 5, as well as, you know, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. One of the games I'm getting, the other one probably most likely just passing up upon, though. But there's a lot of good stuff that's coming out or slash stuff that's already came out from this year alone, though. But yeah, that's going to basically do it for this segment, though. So we're going to jump over to the very last um, segment, that being uh, community questions. All right, and then for this one, I don't think I actually managed to get any questions, at least for this week, though. But I did manage to do a poll um, for... Well, I did say no questions. I actually thought of one here recently that I heard from one of my friends, though. But I did also manage to do a poll as well. And I'm trying to pull this up over here on my Twitter side, though. But it kind of related with the with the whole rumor of the whole um, the Donkey Kong movie with Seth Rogen possibly being the thing, though. So I said, besides Donkey Kong, and Nintendo were to make another movie like the Mario movie with their IPs, what would be next? And I said, Legend of Zelda, Fire Emblem, Metroid, or Kirby. And the vast majority, or over 50% of y'all, said Legend of Zelda. Which, for me, it kind of makes sense. Uh, or at least from what I'm thinking of, it kind of makes sense. You know, Legend of Zelda, like the next biggest IP, kind of right there, right up there with, uh, with, um, right up there with Mario. Also, excluding Pokemon, because Pokemon's kind of like their own thing or whatever, though. But yeah, the Legend of Zelda will honestly make the most sense and whatnot, though. Um, in terms of what they will probably do next, if you know the Mario movie successful. If they were turn around to do the DK one, so that rumor becomes a fact, then yeah, I can I can honestly see Legend of Zelda being the very next one that they will possibly do. And then uh, also I had I I got a question from Sonic basically because uh, he was kind of pre- pretty in, um, interested and pretty um, intrigued on you know since I watched you know Eternals and he knows how big of a Marvel fan I really am though. But he basically said like, what was like your your most favorite Marvel movie? And my least favorite, and least favorite, I think I already said it earlier in the podcast, I believe, though, is uh, Captain Marvel. Like, it's not necessarily a bad movie by any means, though, but if I had to rank them all, uh, I'll probably put that at the lowest. And at the highest one, I would say is probably Marvel's um, Infinity War, Avenger, you know, Avengers Infinity War, because uh, that one, I just like all the action and stuff. Don't get me wrong, Endgame is really good, too, and I did love to see the conclusion of all of that, though. But I kind of like the action and stuff and then kind of putting the twist at the end. I, I mean, they kind of go hand in hand. Like, you, like you don't just watch the first half and just be done or just watch the second half. They kind of go all hand in hand. So in a way, I still like in-game as, you know, being up there, though. I did love the start of how um, Infinity War basically started off as, though. But you can't ever go wrong with um, with the Winter Soldier or with um, Civil War. Those are good movies as well. But if you want to keep it classic, like within Phase 1... Oh, I really love and always do love Iron Man 2. Like, I think that was one of my favorite Iron Man films, though. But you can't necessarily also go wrong with the Guardian of the Galaxy movies because that's just the perfect mix of action, adventure, as well as just a ton of comedy. Like, you can go back and probably still pick up on some stuff that you might have missed the first few times that you might have watched the movie, though. At least I know I have when I went back and rewatched all the Marvel movies and whatnot, though. But then just thinking about this one question alone from him makes me think, I never went through and actually did a tier ranking list for my Marvel movies. Honestly, that probably could be a whole topic in its or 
a whole topic as in like a video in itself as like just a Marvel related video. So maybe if I, you know, if, if I get reminded about this in the future and I'm looking for something to do, maybe I'll actually sit down and take the time out to go through and do like a tier list of all the Marvel MCU movies up until Endgame. I'll probably stop at Endgame. I don't know if I would do anything phase four and beyond and include them in there. But uh, but at least up to in-game, I feel like I probably should go through and tier rank them. So at least I know in the future where I can always kind of look back at the list and see exactly how everything kind of, you know, compared to everything else, though. But yeah, that's basically it in terms of the community questions, though. But if you ever have a question, feel free to go ahead and, um, you know, you can always at me on Twitter at Megazard underscore X. You can leave a question in there for um, community questions. I normally drop a post. Usually on Saturday, sometimes Friday. I have to always make sure to remind myself to do it, though. But usually Saturday, at some point, I usually drop a tweet saying, hey, it's time to round up the questions, you know, every other week since this is a bi-weekly podcast that I usually go through and say, hey, you got any questions? You can drop them there. Or you can always feel free to drop the comments on this video right here on YouTube. And I'll always go back to the previous week's um, podcast episode. And I can always pull stuff from there, though. So if you ever have a question you want to have answered here on the podcast, it can be anything Marvel-related. It can be anything gamer-related or just anything else pretty random as long as it's just not out there, so to say. Um, I'll, I'll be open and willing to actually answer them, though. But yeah, that, that basically does it for the community questions. And with that said, that basically does it in terms of the whole entire podcast for tonight, though. So, man, whew, I think this is the longest one I had in quite some time that I had to pull off solo because it seems like uh, most of my other friends are busy at the moment, though. But, hey, I, I managed to get her done and uh, I managed to kind of get through all that stuff, though. But once again, just thank you all for no matter where you're watching this from, YouTube or if you listen from Google, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, um, just feel um just thank you all so much for uh listening to me on whenever i do these episodes though that's basically going to do it for um tonight's podcast though just a reminder in case you you know you didn't hear it at the very beginning of the episode and if you're still listening to this right now yes i am doing a giveaway for orion the blind forest the definitive edition for the nintendo switch a digital copy for north american code and if you're interested in it, all you got to do is, you know, make sure to um, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button on my actual giveaway video that you can see on the home screen uh, on my homepage of my YouTube channel, um, on my actual YouTube channel on the homepage. You can see it It's one of the first few videos as you're scrolling down on that homepage, though. Just following the instructions on what it says, it, it leaves you a link to the Gleam um, link where you're able to enter in, though. But make sure you listen to the video in its entirety so that way you're not missing any steps so you're not like ineligible in order to actually enter in the giveaway, though. But you got all the way until December 3rd. December 3rd is when it ends, and I announced the winners on December the 5th, though. So do keep that in mind, though. But I'm not, oh, shoot. Take back what I said. I said December 3rd is when it ends. Uh, no, December 1st is when it ends. December 3rd, I'm choosing the winners. Correction there. Sorry about that, though. But that's basically going to do it for tonight's podcast, though. So if you really like this video, make sure to go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button and the bell. Stay up to date on all things gamer-related, Marvel-related, and anything else I feel like talking about and discussing. And if you happen to be listening on the podcast server, feel free to share this out with your friends or whatnot, though. Let them know who I am. Hey, maybe let them know if they you know, if they, they want to copy or in the Blind Forest. I mean, they, they can just look up on my, my YouTube video and uh, see how to be eligible. Reminder that that link to get to that um that giveaway video link 
is down in the show notes below. If you happen to be listening on a podcast server, and if you listen on YouTube, it's in the description box down below that will link you back to that original video, though. But that will do it for this show, though. So remember, y'all, until we're a video I make next, see y'all.